What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Fun Bud Diplomacy Podcast. Uh, sorry, last week there wasn't an episode. I've been on the road. Uh, I warned you. I did warn you last week. Or not last week, uh, the week before. Yeah, the week before's episode that there might be a lag uh, time between the podcasts. But I was uh, taking a road trip from down the coast from San Francisco to L.A., and, um, so that was amazing, we stopped by, uh, actually we went up, up first to Point Reyes, to, for those of you who don't know, a lot of people actually don't know that the, um, the San Andreas Fault cuts right through, uh, just a little bit above, uh, San Francisco, and it passes through this spot called Point Reyes that juts into the Pacific Ocean, and it's this sort of nature preserve area, and it's really beautiful. We only had a day and a half there, unfortunately, but uh, memorable nonetheless. So we went down from there to Monterey, so explored Monterey a bit, uh, Carmel, which is right next to there, um, and checked out Big Sur twice, because we went down Big Sur, came back up to Monterey, and then went down Big Sur, down the coastal highway, which is something that people around the world dream of. So I'm glad I was lucky enough to do that. Um, Ended up in Santa Barbara, met up with a friend who I met in Berlin. Uh, That was good to see him after, it's been like two years. Um, So that was great. And finally to LA, which I I used to live in LA when I was in second grade. I loved it at the time, but, uh, I mean, that's second grade. I'm a completely different person now, as everyone should, when they pass from the age of 8, 9, 10-ish. How old is second grade? Like 7 or 8? I think that's right, 7 or 8 to now I'm 24, so even my cells are different. It's, It's been said that uh, in seven years, uh, every single cell in your body is replaced, uh, cells die off, and um, new ones are grown, and uh, in each seven-year cycle, more or less, you have basically a new body, uh, as compared to the beginning of the seven years. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, I really enjoyed L.A. A lot of people, um, they go from San Francisco to L.A., and to, in comparing to, uh, it's almost every time, no contest, people like San Francisco better. Um, I don't disagree with them, but I really enjoyed L.A., and most people don't like it because um, of the transportation is- issue. The public transportation is not that extensive. It's a big city, and you need a car to get around. Um, so fortunately, we had a car because of a road trip, and that was, it was all packed together, we only had two days, but it was a lot of fun, nonetheless. So, um, now I'm in Seattle, I'll be in Seattle for another five days or so. Um, I arrived yesterday, and I have no idea what to expect, but, uh, I'll be exploring the city starting in couple of days. I'm just right now relaxing. I'm in the northern part away from the city proper, so um, in these few days I've just been relaxing here. I'll be hanging out uh, near the lake. Lake Washington um, is on the whole eastern side of of Seattle, and um, there's a lot of sort of tiny little freshwater beach accesses. Um, and the of which I'm connected to, maybe like a four or five minute walk, and I spent all day there yesterday, today, and uh, we'll probably be going tomorrow as well. Uh, So if you're in Seattle, hit me up, and we will hang out. If not, I'll be in Portland next week. Uh, People always say that I would really enjoy Portland, and I believe them, because they say the same about Austin, and... I loved Austin, hope I like Portland as well. So, um, let's get these, uh, yeah, this long intro, let's uh, knock out these plugs and we can get into this week's episode. Um, so, 
if you want to support the podcast and use Amazon, yeah, you can go on my website, funboatdiplomacy.com. On the right-hand side of any of my pages, you'll find my Amazon portal link. Just click on that link and uh, shop as normally. It looks just like any other Amazon page you've seen before, except it's tied somehow behind that code that the programmers in Amazon are working on, uh, that I'm tied to to uh, this particular uh, Amazon interface, and all the robots back there will help give me a small cut, a small percentage of your purchase. Um, this doesn't cost you anything extra, and you help this podcast uh, with your p- purchases on Amazon. Uh, so yeah, go on funbookdiplomacy.com, on the right-hand side you'll find that, and you'll also find the link to my Patreon page. Um, Patreon is sort of a um, platform where creatives and people with projects and ideas uh, can receive pledged support uh, for their projects, and so, for example, for me, if you like my show enough to give me a dollar an episode, uh, that's something you can pledge per episode. Uh, I will receive a dollar from you. And that also helps keep me uh, producing these episodes. So yeah, let's get into this week's episode with Maxime and Marie. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Fun Book Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with Maxime Jonquier and Marie Welcome. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves to the podcast audience? Uh, how does it work? We just say um, just who we are. What are you doing? Uh, what uh, do you do? For now, we do nothing. We are just uh, we're just traveling. Yeah, traveling for three months, and this is the end of the trip. Okay, where have you been? Uh, we've been all around the west coast. So the best coast. The <laughs> best coast. We've been through all the parks, the valley, uh, Grand Canyon, Zion, Bryce, Capitol Reef, Consta Case, etc., etc., Yellowstone. There's a lot of places that I haven't gone to yet, and I live here, but I need to. I need to get around to it. Yeah. The when you said you're not doing anything, did you see recently that? Um, in South Korea, it's become a sport to sit around and do nothing. You have to sit there, you can't pull out your phone, and you can't talk to anybody, you just have to sit in a park with all these people, and you don't do anything. Yeah, it's kind of like that, and you can't do anything, and they just, you see all these Korean people, they're sitting in the sun with with umbrellas, and they they can't do anything. Just a bunch of people that miss school. I guess, I don't know, I think in that culture, they really do need to, like, they do need to chill out a little bit because they they work too hard. I feel like and yeah, it's, yeah, it's a thing in Asian cultures. I don't know. But anyway, uh, what what part of France are you guys from? Normandy. Norman- oh, I've been there. I don't know if I mentioned that. What, what where in Normandy? Rouen, Caen, Macon. I know very roughly where that might be. Yeah, Caen is uh, next. Oh wait, to I, I I actually stayed there when I was. In next to uh, Omaha Beach. Yeah, yeah. I was living, I was staying at a couch surfing host's home that was right next to William the Conqueror's castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. that's where it was. Okay. But do you guys live in the city? Uh, in the house of my uh, grandmother right now okay. because we have quit uh, our, our, jobs our job and apartment uh-huh. and we lived uh, in the south, in Lyon. So right now, I guess it's uh, our home, but not really. <laughs> We've been uh, moving uh, a lot lately. So. <laughs> what, were, what were your jobs before? Uh, in Lyon, uh, in the south of uh, France. It's uh, maybe the, the second uh, economic city in uh, Yeah, Vegas. but what, what, was the, what were your jobs? Oh. oh, I was a programmer. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And... Uh, I was, uh, how can I define, uh, I've made uh, several little jobs, not especially something, uh, but uh, the last one was to, oh, what is the name? Mm. Work clock? Work clock. 
Kleur. Kleur. Just welcoming people. Ah, okay. So like what I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's good uh, in this sort of uh, time uh, to, to not... To, to do different kinds of jobs, I think. Yeah. To, to, to learn different things. Because before, it used to be better to be specific and have skills in, in, in one specific area. But now, because things change so fast, you need to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing, I think. Because... Um, when we were in school, everyone told us uh, you have to choose a job, you have to choose a life, and now uh, we realize uh, you, we just can change anytime we want. Yeah, and they and they they tell you to choose it at 18 years old. Yeah, yeah and it's so stressful. It's so, so confusing. I, I think sometimes if if I met myself when I was 18, I don't know if we would be friends. <laughs> like me with my 18-year-old self, it's. It's so different, mm. so you can change, and it's it's really uh, scary that uh, in the United States, at least, 18 is when you can sign up to be in the military. You get this dumb 18-year-old who doesn't have a job or thinks he wants to defend this or that, um, joining uh, a group that has the biggest guns in the world. <laughs> it's scary to me. Um, you you considered it? Me? Yeah. Not really, uh, because I think my body would not... <laughs> my body is just... I'm just like this frail, skinny kid. I don't think my body could handle it. Um, but uh, in high school, definitely, I was learning all about these things, and I, I had this idea still of this is right, this is wrong, mm -hmm. and uh, which was... I mean, it's very gray now that you really understand it, but... I had this idea, oh, if I join, at least I'm doing something good, maybe. Um, but, so I have some friends who join, and a lot. Uh, most Americans have friends who were in the service, uh, but now I'm glad I didn't. There was there was a guy here, he was also on the podcast, uh, David. Uh, he was uh, in the Marine Corps for 27 years. So uh, he you can listen to the podcast, actually, at some point, but he was I think he was 18 or 20 or something when he joined and this was in the 70s and the first mission after the training and transportation uh, to Vietnam was the, the evacuation of, of Saigon so he was in the helicopters trying to get as many people out of uh, the embassy the American embassy in Saigon as he could uh, I don't want to do that <laughs> it might be a cool story later but uh, it's not something that is interesting to me, and I don't think it's productive. As we've discussed, I don't think it's productive to be, um, be the aggressor, aggressor in the on the world stage. Yeah, sure, sure. And um, in fact, uh, I've never met so much people that were in the military, but the few of them that I met were pretty fucked up. Yeah, that uh, can happen. Uh, when we were in fine arts, we we met in fine arts school. Um, there was some guy, you remember, remember Bertrand, Bertrand. who was uh, who had been uh, serving uh, during uh, the Serbia civil wars mm -hmm. under NATO uh, I, in the nineties. I don't know exactly because uh, it was pretty hard to discuss the, ah, <laughs> the subject okay. with him, and he was really fucked up. <laughs> like uh, he was a good guy, but sometimes he would just. Uh, yeah, it's it's something uh, something gets something, broken. something gets uh, developed in the brain when you're in such a stressful situation. Yeah. And his yeah. heart, his heart uh, was uh, pretty gloomy, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, lots of dolls uh, uh, that were uh, that were um, nailed with everything you can find. That's and like syringes and needles. And that's horror movie yeah. level <laughs> stuff. Yeah. We have been to an exhibition of uh, the guy, and uh, we have to say it, it, it was looking like, uh, you know, in the horror movie, when the, it is the house of the serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> it was something like that. Of course he wasn't, but... Mm, There's something reflected in, yeah. from, the, from the mind. Mm. That's weird, actually, because uh, not lately, we, not so long ago, we watched... Uh, the Big Lebowski over, mm -hmm. 
and uh, we just noticed how much Walter is fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we never realized the, the movie was more about him than uh, about uh, Lebowski because all the action, everything, he, everything that happens, he has a part in it yeah. and uh, he's the only one that says, uh, yeah, 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 she's not... Uh, that understand the situation, but nobody <laughs> believes him because he's so fucked up. <laughs> this is John Goodman's character. Oh, I don't know the actor's name. Uh, like the guy that is coming back from Vietnam. Yeah, he has. He pulls out the gun every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, so good. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about it like that because a lot of the action, a lot of the when situations deteriorate in that movie, it's a lot of the times because he pulls out a gun or. He, he takes action. <laughs> but, but actually, he's right uh, when he says, no, they're, they're just bluffing. They're just they, they, don't, they don't have a... She's a kidnapper. It's, it's right. He's right. <laughs> I recently rewatched that movie. It's so funny. When they have the, the ashes, Donnie's ashes. Yeah. Also, I realized uh, uh, the Jude... Is actually one of the. He says I've been uh, in the Berkeley. Berkeley. Uh, he he wrote he wrote some text, etc. And when uh, you look you look it up, it's like a piece of uh, left wing activism uh, history, that is uh, pretty deep, like uh, terrorism and, and such. And you understand why the two of them, uh, Walter and the Jude, they're, they're friends together. And uh, it's like, uh, I don't know how to, how to explain that, my, my English is not so good, but you have two, two parts of America that have been constantly fucked up mm -hmm. by, by the rich, and the movie shows that the, the rich people, they fuck them up. Yeah, and then they just stand up here and everything, yeah. they're just these guys. And uh, in the end, uh, they, they've been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Like always. Like always. Yeah, that's great. It's that the Coen brothers really—they can capture these things about America, and it's very—it's—it's it's subtle, but it's there if you see it. So, for example, this was—they also did No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah. So this movie is uh, like, rad too. Yeah, it's—it—it is—it is a western, but set in like today. So you you see the. I mean, it, it in itself, it's a western movie, and then you can see how it is. I think it influenced later on, for example, Breaking Bad. Yeah. That's a Western, American yeah. Western, yeah. but it's, it happens in, in, in modern times. Yeah, sure. But, so Westerns aren't dead. <laughs> Just because they don't have cowboy hats uh, doesn't mean it's not a Western. Of course. Yeah. Uh, before coming to the United States, what did, did you have any impressions before or how, what you thought you would see and how, how was it different or the same? Oh. Oh, good question. That's a nice question. Actually, uh, to me, I've always had um, a love-hate relationship with uh, American culture because everything I love, music, movies, uh, all the culture comes from, uh, from the United States. And uh, at the same time, everything I hate in how things work in the, in the world also comes yes. from yes. the States. So when I went there, I was like, yeah, I have to dissipate that. Uh, I have to to really know for myself uh, uh, how it's going on. And now that uh, our trip is almost finished, I'm in the same place. Oh. <laughs> still. <laughs> still uh, you, the storm is the same plus and minuses. Yeah, yeah. The, um, all the extremes. Like, you have... Uh, you have uh, perhaps the most beautiful landscapes I, I have seen in my life. Uh, you have uh, excellent people, still good music, good places, uh, with uh, lots of good vibes. And at the same time, uh, you have uh, some things that are not uh, understandable to us. What are some things that are frustrating to you about the United States? The car culture. The car culture. What about it? 
you, you have to use your car. Oh, oh you have the, nece- the necessity of a car. Oh, yeah. The yeah. necessity of a car, and also uh, you have to clean your car, you have to have a great car, really shiny, uh, beautiful, a big one. Uh, I don't know, you have the feeling that the car is a member of the family? <laughs> <laughs> And everything yeah. revolves around it. Uh, yeah. Even how how you camp, how you 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 visit the the, the natural parts, <laughs> which is you a, need to emit some CO two to go to check out the uh, the the natural parts. I mean, you're you're in the middle of a, a place that is gorgeous, pristine, and incredible, and the you are next to a road. <laughs> and people don't care, actually. The, there's a lot of traffic, and American people don't seem to care about the noise or the smell. <laughs> the emissions break dust in cities. It's actually a huge problem. In America, there's so many cars. Uh, you, you ever take your finger and go to on a tire and just like go like that, and there's this black shit on your finger? Yeah. That stuff goes into the air, yeah. and when you're walking down these streets, you breathe it. It's really bad. It's, it's really terrible. It makes me really scared to go. I mean, I still run in the city, but it's not great when I'm when I know that I'm I'm inhaling all this garbage into my lungs. Yeah, I understand. Every time I see someone jogging next to yeah, the street, yeah. I'm like, dude, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> go somewhere else. Yeah, there's the, but. So this also has there's a love hate relationship with cars because on the one hand, yes, it sucks. You need a car. There's emissions. It's 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 not good for people. It's pol- all this pollution, and frankly, a lot of cars these days are really ugly too. Um, there's if you go back to the 50s and 60s, the cars were beautiful. Yes, yeah. American cars. There's <laughs> something true. about the American cars, and that's what it is. Is there's something about there's a car culture uh, that is very American. It's like your horse, mm. you, yeah. like to 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 drive on the highway. Yeah. That's, that's very American. Uh, nowadays, it's more like a space station. Like <laughs> some RVs are so huge. Uh, in Europe, it would be like the tour buses, bus. <laughs> the band tour bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you see, the guy is is tracting uh, like uh, a four wheeler, mm-hmm. and maybe he has a quad uh, in the uh, in the front. Uh, <laughs> it's just amazing. It was funny. <laughs> Our, our size is really weird in the United States. Things are just bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a common thing to to say, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, where have you noticed it other than cars and, of course, food? That's like, that goes without saying. Uh, actually, the streets are so wide. Yeah? Yeah. Even really? here? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Super wide. Um, you could fit uh, maybe two European cars in one lane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I remember like, European cars are smaller, and then I remember sometimes even in big cities, you you go down a street and then one car has to pull over so the yes. other car can go. This is really common. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the yeah. first time I was in a car in Europe. This was in Berlin. My uh, host dad was driving me back to the house from the airport, and I saw that. I said, wow, you guys got really small streets here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's... Bef- the these streets have been around for so long in Europe for horses yeah. and people, but then in America, I mean here they're a little smaller, but for other places it's the purpose is to be big enough for large American cars Mm-mm. but actually, there's a lot of myth uh, around the uh, oversize in uh, the u s uh, when we when we started we were uh, i don't know how to say it um we thought it was be it would be even bigger uh, when we visited the supermarket. Uh, yeah, sure, there's some some things that are exaggerated, like buckets uh, full of uh, of wings. I don't know, but uh, all in all, it's not so 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 big uh, as a uh, as, as you imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's the thing for a lot of before you go places you imagine it's going to be this way or that because you see pictures and in movies mm-hmm. but then when you get there there's a more realistic understanding when when you finally are in the presence of things like when i went to the uh, the, the sahara desert in morocco 
It was really hot, but it was not as hot as I thought it would be. So I don't know. And what did you expect when when you came to Europe? When I went to Europe, did you have a? I think I knew. I think I knew. No, I didn't hate anything really. I don't think I'm trying to. I would have to think really hard for something I dislike. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, 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 I had learned enough about Europe. Of, of course, historical Europe, not contemporary Europe as much. But when I went, it was, it was even better than what I thought it would be. So. I don't know if European or Americans have that much of a bad impression of Europeans. I don't know. Would, have you Maybe, met any? Yeah, I, I have the feeling that uh, we've been uh, rude to people without uh, noticing it. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> Americans will generalize French people and say that they're rude. Maybe I think it's fair. I think it's fair. but it's different. It's just. Because I've I've gone to France and I've exp I've I've seen I've observed, like how this works. But it's just it's different. It's a different. Once once you understand what's you're oh I see what's going on. They're just being straight up about <laughs> things, you know. Americans, I don't know if you noticed, like to go around the issues. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like to address issues head on. They like, <laughs> they'll they'll uh, this this comes out in in television interviews all the time. They'll ask a hard question. And they'll say a bunch of words. They'll make a bunch of sounds with their mouth, and then and then and then uh, they move on to the next question. And they don't really answer the question. Actually, it works a lot, like uh, in Asia, uh, where nobody can tell you no. <laughs> What's that? Uh, when we were in Indonesia or Thailand, uh, when you ask for directions, everyone says, "Yeah, it's there." And you ask someone, and they point there, the uh, like 20 meters uh, ahead, and says, "Yeah." The other direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if because that's it's rude to not answer or to say I don't know, uh, and we have the feeling that it's the same here. You can say no to some uh, Americans can say no uh, to someone. Uh, I'm not sure it's uh, yeah. you understand. Or maybe 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 it's because you are a visitor or a foreigner, and they don't want to. They don't want to not know in front of yes. yeah. the visitor, but who knows? But it's it's a, it's a good point. But sometimes it could be really funny. <laughs> When you're going in circles and then you see the person again, have you have you met any Americans that you've you've really not had a good time with on your trip this time? Oh yes. Yes. Where was that? Uh, Idaho. Oh, in Idaho. <laughs> in Idaho. I don't think I'll ever go to Idaho. <laughs> yeah. What was the experience? We experienced cold rolling, uh, like the practice to release uh, black smoke uh, uh, on you. Like, like people, uh, people um, uh, tune their motors so uh -huh. they can release uh, like a big, heavy, dark smoke on your face. They did When they don't like you, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you could look it up. It's uh, coal or coal rolling. What is it called? How do you spell? Like coal. Coal. C O A L. Yeah. To roll, rolling. Coal rolling. Rolling coal. Yeah. This is on Wikipedia, so it must be right. And we've been we've uh, we've been coal rolled like twice. Twice in, in Idaho. In a day. In a day. <laughs> Rolling coal is the practice of intentionally disabling the programming of a computer-controlled diesel engine so that the vehicle can emit an unaspirated sooty exhaust that visibly pollutes the air. That's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> is this legal? Can you do this? Uh, I don't Five thousand dollar fine by the EPA. Uh, yeah, but wow. I, I think it's dangerous because uh, when we are on the highway, suddenly you you can see anything. Yeah, like just people get into accidents. Big heavy smoke, and it's really like uh, a way to say, "Fuck you, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> I spit on you." It says on May in May 2015, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie signed a bill into law which prohibits uh, retrofitting. Uh, da da da. So this happens in New Jersey too. That's near <laughs> where I live. Maybe. New Jersey is a, it's a dirty place <laughs> in general. All my New Jersey listeners are probably going to get mad, <laughs> but uh, it is. This guy, Chris Christie, I don't know if you guys you know this guy, is the governor. Um, he got into trouble last year uh, because of some 
bridge controversy where he was blocking the bridge, whatever. But he, it's funny because he, he tried to run for, for president, um, which one thing I think he doesn't, he never really wanted to be president because if you're governor of New Jersey, you must be doing something really shady and criminal activity because it's historically this criminal, this state with criminal history. Okay. But on top of that, he's, he's fat. He's really, really fat. And I don't think someone who's, who's this uh, irresponsible with his own body, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think this kind of person should be able to manage a whole country. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you should be a healthy person if you're, if you're, yeah. if you're a president or the leader of a country. Because it, it just, it, if you're health healthy, it, it shows that you have uh, a respect for, yeah. for, for being responsible. I don't know. There's a picture. I'll pull it up. It's a picture of uh, Chris Christie. Um, I think he was at a show. Being fat? Yes, being <laughs> fat, but even crazier. Uh, let me see if I can pull it. Chris Christie. Uh, and then. So what he's doing is um, he. Let's see if I can bring it up. I think it's this one. He's he has a he's at a game. And he has a box of M&M's, and he's pouring a bag of M&M's into his box of M&M's. Oh. So he didn't have enough. This is, look at this guy. It's <laughs> not okay. <sighs> has this impression of fat Americans been held true? Not so much. Not uh, so much. I, uh, we met someone that was saying, yeah, the food culture is changing in the U.S., and we noticed it because... In the big cities or in rich areas, uh, the food is actually quite healthy. Yes. Here in San Francisco, and you can find a lot of healthy yeah. food. And people have a like a culture of a, of a bodybuilding that is uh, incredible. Oh yeah. Everybody yeah. has to <laughs> has to. Have you been to LA? Yeah. That's where it gets crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It gets really weird where everyone's beautiful and yeah, yeah, strong. and sometimes people are fat but uh, bulky. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. But maybe um, they're eating the wrong combination of things, but still working out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but in other places, uh, yeah, 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 especially in Idaho. In Idaho, yes. Yeah. And something we noticed and we found really weird is that. Every people that have the disabled uh, license mm. are fat. So you have fat people that have the right to be closer, <laughs> so they don't have to walk. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it it's, doesn't make much sense. I mean, you there are people who legitimately need yeah, these spaces, sure. but then there are people who can't move and they're disabled because of their own. Yeah. Uh, lack of control, I guess you could say, of mm -hmm. their of their body. That's unfortunate. And that's where you you'll see them in Walmart. It's the uh, the the generalization is that when you go to Walmart you'll see these fat people in there because Walmart provides these uh, things to ride in. in the yeah. yeah. But actually uh, only in Walmart uh, we have been able to find uh, fresh produce. Yeah. Uh, because uh, when you in, are not in, in, in small city. in small cities you all you can find is like uh, McDonald's or mm -hmm. Wendy's or, or like some corner store with just chips or something yes. chips and liquor and cigarettes mm -hmm. and the only place where you can find actual food <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah was Walmart so so it's a bit balanced yeah there's 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 different sides to think about with Walmart um, because on the one hand yes I mean a lot of their products come from some exploitation and, yeah, sure. and it does it does Without a doubt, when a Walmart comes in, it hurts small businesses. Mm -hmm. But that being said, it employs a lot of people, and for the community, drives down prices for things. It mm -hmm. makes a lot of things cheaper. So, it's it's there's a balance to be had, and uh, a, lo a lot of people are m militantly against Walmart. Uh, but recently, do, do you hear about uh, Flint, Michigan? Uh, in Michigan, this this, this city, uh, a lot of a vast majority of uh, the communities are African-American communities, and the city's been just marginalized, and they found that the water was...
poison, like just oh, yeah, not by, safe uh, to drink. Mm, uh, how do you call it? Oil. Uh, yeah, it was like fracking. Fracking. Think, yeah. yeah. Or it could have been fracking. I'm not exactly sure of the background, but uh, when this this news became really big, Walmart came in, not the government. Walmart came in with bottles of water for everybody, enough water for everybody to drink. Yeah. So I mean, you have these big corporations that yes, there's some really terrible things that they do, but they also they have enough money to to, to help in situations when the state isn't uh, um, active. Actually, we cannot uh, criticize so much Walmart after the uh, two months traveling and yeah. sleeping. They let you chill uh, really in the parking, <laughs> parking of Walmart, yeah. and we were really happy to be able to buy fresh food and to sleep there and to have a, a, the bathroom. Yeah. It's <laughs> great when it. when you when you have nothing. This yeah. is just a, a safe haven kind of. If you, if it's, you hard, it's hard to criticize when you use it when you yeah. need it. You know, yeah. uh, when you have, you, it's easy to it's easy to criticize when you're when you're living in the suburbs and you read a bunch of things about Walmart's exploitations in Southeast Asia yes. or whatever yeah. but if you but uh, at the end of the day when you're traveling or if you're, people are homeless or whatever they this is a place where you can yes. get affordable things and yeah. the prices are driven down yes so what, that's the balance uh, it's, it's just a situation uh, you can be held uh, responsible for the the infrastructure that uh, surrounds you mm-hmm. um, you can choose what you uh, where you're buying your stuff etc but unless uh, you go full uh, full uh, self uh, su- sustenance uh, mm-hmm. you grow your own food you pick up your own water uh, i don't know how, how you can really i don't know where i'm going <laughs> like you can't really i understand if you unless you're taking full responsibility yourself for growing your own food and acquiring your own water meat for example going to hunt it yeah. if you're not going to do that then this is the b- next best alternative it's it's this i don't know i mean it's it's uh <laughs> basically what they did is they said okay this stuff is this worth this low price to you yes then take it and we'll take your money and then mm. I mean, uh, everywhere there's a, a trade-off uh we were to a lot of uh, vegan supermarkets and yeah sure I, it's nice. You, you you want to preserve uh, the animals. You want to be responsible about uh, what you buy, uh, buy organic only. And uh, when you read the, the packages and and such, you realize there's a lot of shitty things in there, like uh, like palm oil, even organic, uh, like uh, soy. Soy. Everything is soy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, soy is pretty terrible for. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the earth. And uh, so he's destroying uh, a lot of uh, rainforest and uh, envir- environments. Soy is uh, patented. You can't you can't have a soy that does not belong to one uh, company. Company that, that developed the seed. Yeah, it's like Monsanto, for example. So it's a trade-off. People want to do good, so they turn vegan. Uh, they they try to have a responsible diet, but uh, the infrastructure that surrounds them uh, gives them not much choice. Mm-hmm. Mm. At the end of the day, you have to eat. I yeah. mean, if, it, if you don't have anything, uh, I'll eat some GMOs <laughs> if, I'm, yeah. if I'm hungry. You know, yeah. so that's the thing. If uh, that's the argument you can hear with uh, when it comes to. Um, I think it was Norman Borlaug who, who came up with he invented golden rice, and this this um, it's a rice that's uh, it's it's heavily nutritious and it's it's uh, resilient yeah, to yeah. pesticide. But it is a GMO. I'm pretty sure it's a GMO, or it's selectively bred. But I think it is a GMO, and people criticize. Oh, it's like the seed you need to you need to buy from this company, and if you and the it's mainly in Southeast Asia in in, in India they they use this. Uh, rice, but it's saved millions of lives because yeah. people had something to eat. <laughs> so, yeah. and like you said, it's a balance. At the end of the day, these people they're starving or they have golden rice. Yeah. Uh, the the debate on GMOs. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how it how it is here, but uh, in Europe, it's almost uh, 
entirely focused on the health mm-hmm. hazard uh, side effects and I don't think it's uh, it's really a, a problem because we've been um, we've been manipulating uh, living and things and selecting for for years and years the the real problem is uh, how do we select them uh, when we select seeds uh, to to make them uh, uh, unfertile I don't know how uh, you can't uh, you can't replant them you can't yeah. replant them this uh, is the problem they are dependent it's political. Uh, like this. They are dependent on, uh, on having a lot of water, on uh, having a, a specific product because they are sensitive to some disease mm. that can only be treated with, with their product. Their product. Yeah. There is a problem. And uh, when you can't do... Uh, when you're obliged to buy some seed in France for, for instance you there's a list of seeds uh, you are authorized to plant and uh, some some seeds that are non-gmo that are perfectly adapted uh, for for the climate for the weather for the, the situation are banned uh, <laughs> so it's a plant <laughs> come on yeah. is is uh, I wanted to ask in France is is hemp illegal to grow uh, yeah, it is. It, 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 there has been some debate uh, lately, but uh, yeah, it's still illegal. But you can buy hemp clothing manufactured elsewhere, right? Oh, um, hemp uh, like uh, the active one? No, the one that doesn't is non uh, psychoactive. The one so that uh, yeah, cannabis it, is it, the it, one that's psychoactive, okay. but hemp is the one. Hemp uh, is legal. Hemp is. Can you grow it? Uh, I think so. I I think there's uh, some. I'm not sure. Uh, I think that maybe there's some field left in. Because uh, this goes back to um, the yeast. This goes back to the, the soy thing. So, so soy, what it does is it ex- extracts and doesn't replace nutrients in the soil. But hemp is a really amazing plant uh, because it uh, it does return nutrients and it's, uh, for example. It has so many uses. For example, like I said, clothing. Yeah. You can make clothing uh, that's uh, stronger than cotton. You can make paper that's stronger than tr- like from tree pulp paper. You know how paper, some, you buy a notebook and then you leave it for, for three or four years and you, you pick it back up and it's yellow? That doesn't happen with hemp paper. It just stays uh, good for a long time. The, the United States Const- uh, the Constitution... No. I think both the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the documents themselves, are printed or they were written on hemp paper. Nice. Meanwhile, it's illegal in America, <laughs> uh, and you can use it uh, for protein if you eat it. It has all the whole protein profile, and you can make plastic out of it. Oh, so the uh, Ford's uh, Model T, the bumpers of the car, uh, were made from hemp, and then hemp can also be made into fuel for cars. Okay. Meanwhile, it's illegal. <laughs> it can because it can it'll it'll hurt the paper and logging industry, the uh, gas market, uh, people who make clothing out of cotton, uh, all the everything that I said it would hurt that market. So that's why I ask if in in France it's. Uh, uh, I think it's still legal. So, let's see. Where can I, oh maybe this map will be helpful. Boom. Let's see. Legal status. Oh, this is cannabis. They're not making the good distinction. Hemp. Okay. Producers. France. France is the world's biggest producer. Mm, now you learn something. <laughs> 8,000 hectares cultivated. So 70, 70 to 80% of the hemp fiber produced in Europe in 2003. Uh, Used for specialty for cigarette papers. Oh, okay, oh, that's okay. good news <laughs> because uh, when we when the cannabis will be legal, we have uh, all the the knowledge to, <laughs> to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you probably could. I think you could you could use hemp to to feed livestock too. Yeah, because yeah. in America we you know we use corn. Corn is our stupid uh, uh, cash crop. Like our crop that we, we we produce the most of. And, uh, actually, and it's one of the crops that uh, is more 
is uh, the hardest to to make grow and that needs a lot of water right lots and lots of it and, and when we were riding around it's crazy Ooh, if you're in the midwest it's just like miles and miles <coughs> hours of driving yeah. with just all corn it's just crazy of every day every single day and all the day you have uh, like sprinklers yeah running around and we were what every, every everyone knows you you don't spread water during the day because everything is lost It'll in evaporate. evaporation yes. why do they do that <laughs> so it's strange and when uh, when you are in the supermarkets you everything has cornstarch or corn syrup corn syrup yeah. have you guys been avoiding the corn syrup it's not difficult, but it's not, not good. Not so much. It's really not good. We've been trying to avoid uh, sugary stuff, but it's uh, nearly impossible here. Yeah, in America. <laughs> it's sneaky. They sneak it into everything, things that you don't even expect. Because what you're, you're supposed to have, regardless of if, if it's, if it's uh, if cane sugar or corn syrup, uh, I think it's 22 grams. 22 grams a day is how much you should have. And that, even then, I think should be bound to food. So if it's in fruit or if it's in... Uh, a vegetable, if there's sugar in it, uh, and it's bound to all the fibers and everything, it's good. But what we have is free sugars, like yeah. in cans of soda, corn syrup. That's just fr it's just water and 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 syrup, and it's that's that doesn't your body takes it and they say what is this? We don't understand because <laughs> historically we've been eating fruits and things, and they say okay, so we got this fiber and we take it apart, and now the sugar's in here, but your body, you put in this water and sugar, and they they don't understand. The body gets confused and yeah. It's really, it's really terrible. Yeah, we are turning sugar addict since we are here. Yeah. <laughs> we have realized that. Uh, How easy is it to avoid sugar in France? I don't know if that's even a lot easier than than here because yeah. uh, here everything uh, has sugar in it. They sneak it in. Yeah, everything, everything uh, the bread, yeah. uh, even the salt thing, uh, the vegetable, everything is prepared and not uh, fresh produce product you have sugar in and we still uh, don't understand why <laughs> yeah, yeah why sugar re even in the in the noodle soap sugar yes sugar everywhere you get a can of something always sugar, sugar. Yeah, re remember even the even the water the water <laughs> had some sugar in it yeah <laughs> oh god this country <laughs> it's because it, the sugar companies make money by putting little bits of sugar everywhere yeah, yeah. Ma but maybe we have another problem in, in Europe uh, we put salt everywhere and it's not much better like where that's uh, everywhere in the sugar sink you have a uh, salt. salt and here in the salty sink you have sugar so, uh, oh, man. in, not, yeah, in both hands it's not uh, good for you uh, oh god yeah, we all have to go grow our own shit. It's, <laughs> it's not good to. It's not good for. The only solution is you have to cook, but uh, but sometimes you don't have the time mm -hmm. or you don't have the skill because uh, in a lot school, of people don't have the skill. In school, particularly <laughs> you know in France. People that uh, cook here, or uh, what do you mean? We we don't have we haven't seen uh, so much people cooking. Uh, I cook mostly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mostly I, when I when I have meals, I, I cook at the hostel. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'll eat a burrito because they're delicious. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, uh, it's also expensive to eat out. Yeah. Yeah. It's much cheaper to, to cook. But that's what I do. That's yeah. Actually, uh, the difference in France, when you have time, and um, you have time to cook, it's really, really, really cheap, cheaper yeah. than, uh, than eating in restaurants. Here, the difference is not so much pronounced. Uh, it depends where you shop. Yeah, maybe. Where have you been shopping? Safeway? Uh, in the Walmart. Walmart. Walmart? There's yeah. a Walmart here? No, no, no not here. Uh, but during the trip, so ah, okay. it's, it's cheap, but uh, if, you, I have the, if, the if you want fresh uh, fresh vegetables, it's uh, super crazy how, uh, how expensive they are. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, an example. Uh, Let's say cucumbers and tomatoes and broccoli. You buy all, this thing, all these things together, you... Just these things, things together might be four dollars, five dollars, and then you go to you, you get a you get a box of cereal for three dollars. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because uh, I was gonna mention the cereal culture in America. All the kids for breakfast eat cereal for the most part, and there's astronomical amounts of sugar in there, more than an adult 
an adult needs twenty uh, can take twenty two grams a day. This this cereal has maybe well, I don't know maybe up to like fifty grams in a serving, and it's a child. They're 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 this big, an adult. <laughs> this yeah. big, so maybe they need half, and uh, they eat this. They go to school, and no wonder they can't learn. Uh, American kids are just like in school, like ah, oh, I eat this nonsense for mm. for breakfast, and like I, my brain can't function. It's just <laughs> it's all sugar. The the and it's made from corn. It's it's not sugar, cane sugar, yeah. like powdered. It's it's uh, the the cereal itself is made from corn, and then the the thing that makes it sweet is from corn. And mm. just, you're, you're, there's a movie that came out called King Corn that's about um, the corn industry in America, and yeah. they they actually tested their like uh, their tissue, the of their of their bodies, and it came out to like however many percentage was carbon from corn. Mm. Their bodies were literally made from corn. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know if you've seen. I think it was Food Inc. or I think it was Food Inc. where they were talking about McDonald's and their their burgers. Uh, the bread I is not really it, it's some of it's wheat, but a lot of it is the sugar and uh, the mix that makes it sweet and the, the to give it uh, to give it the to substance is is made from corn. The 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 cheese from the cow and the meat from the cow for the beef patty and the cheese, that cow was fed corn yeah. all its life. <laughs> so this whole thing is just a product of, of the subs, uh, the government subsidizing corn. So mm. that's, a, that's a huge problem because uh, people who are low income, they they look at the, the vegetable shelf and they see, I oh mean, a tomato, a cucumber, and some broccoli is $5, or I can go to the dollar menu at McDonald's and get five burgers and, yes. uh, and I'll have something to eat and not be hungry. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. We we subsidize bad food. Bad food is really cheap here. Yeah. And then the, the, the same uh, the same in Europe. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, are are rambling about uh, the organic food because uh, if you if you don't have the stuff shitty stuff in it, it should be cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so why is it uh, food for for rich people? Well, it's, it's actual food. I don't know if uh, in in inner cities in uh, in Europe or in France it's like this, but there's a thing uh, where in low income areas in in cities there's no supermarkets. There's just corner stores with, like I said, you got liquor, cigarettes, maybe potato chips or things like this, mm-hmm. and soda, sugary things, and nothing really that you can live on. But it's huge whole districts in cities like Baltimore, for example, Detroit where I think they're, they're called food deserts because there's no healthy food around. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And so low-income communities, they don't get an opportunity even to buy good food because if they want good food, they have to take a bus or something. To, to, yes. They have to pay for a bus and go outside the city mm-mm, or that area and, and bring food in. It's a huge thing and, and it's people a, are working. A terrible uh, inequality. Yeah. Because uh, you are poor, so you, you will have uh, health problems. Mm-hmm. It's a cycle. It's, a, it's, it's terrible. Is that something that happens in in France or in Europe? I don't I don't think I've ever observed uh, something like that. There's always avail like there's always food available. Uh, Even in the small city, you always have a small market mm-hmm. with fresh food. It's some, it's France. <laughs> food is so it's a culture. Yeah, so what the hell are we yeah. doing? <laughs> have you observed like really bad areas in America? I mean, you've gone here in some bad spots in San Francisco or like the Tenderloin. Have you gone there yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah, around power station. Yeah, I, I have a mixed feeling about it because uh, there are some places like that uh, in every city in the world, mm. and uh, actually we we just uh, run through it uh, without uh, knowing it was a uh, uh, it was a the harsher area, a harsh area, and sure there are there are crazy people, there are homeless people. Poor people, but we used to live uh, in uh, in the district in Lyon that was that had a bad reputa- reputation like this. It's not so bad. You you just have to to behave. I don't know. I don't know how to to say just it. Act like you know what you're doing. No, no. Just not looking at people like they are dangerous or. No, of course, of course. You don't. 
that's that's the thing about uh, they they tell us not to do this at the hostel and I never did. It's like you, you don't just say don't go there. Just say it's just a place. Uh, just be just be as careful as you would anywhere else. Yeah. And you'll be fine. People people who who act like it's a different planet then then that's when they get uh, they panic a little bit or they, yes. they look like they're out of place. That's problematic. But other places in America. Have you? Uh, have we been afraid of something? No, maybe not afraid, but uh, I don't know. I just want to hear about <laughs> other places you've been because I only know roughly what you've been doing here and uh, Idaho. What else? <laughs> but Idaho, it was funny in uh, in 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 the end. Um, yeah, it was funny in the end. Yeah, we, we just spent one day there, <laughs> but it was uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> It was a crazy day, uh, yeah. and now we have things to to say. So it's not a bad day. Uh, uh, yeah, we've been to just Portland. Just an experience. We've been to. I'll be up in Portland uh, at the end of the at the end of July. That's a nice to, city. Yeah, is it okay to, um, if I were to get a bike, is it easy to get around? Uh, the city is bikeable, okay. yeah, but uh, we did not really try it. Just in but terms of size, is it really big or? No, out? it's a small. It's a small city. You can you can approach the city. City. We've walking. just been in just downtown, so I don't really know. But the downtown is is walkable. We've been just walking around. For two days, it was nice. But if you love bike, it's it's the culture. Yeah, of that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna do. It, it seems like this place where it's just all these hipsters on bicycles. And yeah. People say that I would like it, so I'm gonna go visit. There, there are some uh, the skate lanes for skateboards. <laughs> How do they indicate that? Like you have a. Those. I don't know if you. They have signs for skateboards. You have signs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, this it's a strange place. This I is found, really I found nice. this pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen this show, Portlandia? Uh, no. Just one episode. Just one episode. Yeah, people but say that it's exactly like that. <laughs> but it it was too specific uh, for us to understand. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of very um, nuanced things that they 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 touch upon. But the more you know, the more you get out of the show. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. There's this one episode where they, uh, it's like a Netflix. Netflix delivery guy comes, or the mail guy comes, and he hands, he hands Carrie um, a DVD of the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's this old uh, German silent film, and like she watches it, and then she like wants to pass it to the next person. It's like a curse. Like, <laughs> like you, you, anyone who watches it, like is always like, oh, you gotta watch the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, and they pass the DVD on. <laughs> but it's so crazy because in 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 college, I, I took a German uh, film class. And that was me. <laughs> I kept telling people, oh, you gotta watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's yeah. like a yeah. 50, 59 minute uh, film. Uh, basically, it's like Shutter Island, but. Uh, with cardboard, cardboard. Uh, yeah, and all these like yeah. jagged like, set pieces. It's a really great movie. I'm not trying to pass it on anybody, but whoever's listening <laughs> should watch that movie. It's very short. I love it. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Caligari won't uh, jump out of the screen or oh, no, anything no, no. else. Maybe they were afraid of that back in the day. I don't know if you... Have you seen Nosferatu? Yes. Yeah, yeah so... I I watched it in 2012 and I was terrified. But you, it, I, was, it I was sitting there, this is scary. And, and okay. I imagine in 1927 when it actually came out, people uh -oh. must it have is. had nightmares. Yeah, it, it really is. It's so, so so gloomy, like yeah. I, I remember that um, that scene when the rats can come in, uh, like on the on the ship, right? Yeah, yeah. That part uh, <laughs> made me made me like, it's like really creeped out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great era in film. I really love it. This uh, the, the German expressionist cinema. I wrote a paper actually about it. Uh, it was come. It was about the influences of German Expressionist cinema on Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. 
Because it's just it's so obvious that mm-hmm. all the buildings are just copy and pasted. So that, that's the sign that I wanted to show you. Pedestrian priority zone. <laughs> Skateboarders. What? Push slowly when crowded. <laughs> they encourage people to push. Strange. Interesting. I feel like it would be the north northwest equivalent of Austin. You guys haven't gone to Austin, Texas. No. No. It's a really great place, but it's very strange. There's things you really, you'll just look at it and just laugh to yourself. Mm-hmm. You have a skate route. Skate route. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Next to the bike lane, you have a bike lane and a skate <laughs> skate lane. Yeah, here people just they just take the bike lane when they're on a skateboard. It looks more or less the same. On Market Street, there's so many lanes. There's the there's the the bike lane, cars. Buses, trams, and then people on the sidewalk. Such a wild place. Oh, we're coming up on our time. Thank you for being on. That was Thank all you. over the place. <laughs> our <laughs> pleasure. Yeah. Well, I hope you had a good time. Yes, for sure.